and bow to my left. And having done so, I now request honorable delegates to observe a moment of silence for prayer or meditation. Thank you very much. Um, honorable delegates, before we proceed, I would like to remind you of the following, that the virtual sitting constitutes a sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that the place of the sitting is deemed to be Cape Town, where the seat of the National Council of Provinces is that delegates in the virtual sitting enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that for the purposes of the quorum, all delegates are locked uh, onto a virtual platform, uh, shall be considered uh, present, that delegates must switch on their videos if they want to speak, that delegates should ensure that the microphones on their gadgets are muted and must always re remain muted. That the interpretation facility is active and that permanent delegates, members of the executive, special delegates and salary representatives are requested to ensure that the interpretation facility on their gadgets are properly activated to facilitate access to the interpretation services. That any delegate wishes to speak must use the raise your hand function. And as we've already always said that uh, by now, honorable members are familiar with the use of the uh, uh, icon or function. Um, we will then move on to uh, notices of motions and motions without notice. We'll start with the uh, notices of the uh, of motion. Uh, honorable members, uh, please indicate. Uh, and the first uh, two names there are that of Honorable Sheikh from Limpopo. Um, the and the honorable honorable Buhihi will follow. Zanda Mela will follow. I hear the voice of honorable Njadu in the background, so we'll follow that order. In that order, uh, let's start with honorable Sheikh. Thank you very much, um, honorable Chairperson. Uh, on behalf of the African National Congress. I hereby move that the House in the next sitting discuss the ongoing slaughter and mass murders of innocent people in Kayelicha, Cape Town, Western Cape, and further note with disgust the exclusion of the Kayelicha community from the priority list of the city of Cape Town for the installation of CCTV cameras in this area during this financial year. I so move. Thank you, Jefferson. Thank you very much. Uh, to be followed by Honorable Lehi. 
Honorable Hehe. Can I have a question, Pastor? I rest on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters that councillors debate at its next sitting the legal age of the foster child grant. The current age restrictions of 18 years and younger is too low and should instead, instead be increased as in South Africa. Socioeconomic conditions do not allow for orphaned, abandoned, abused, or neglected child, children to suddenly become financial, financially independent and able to fend for themselves when they turn 18. I so move. Thank you very much, Honorable um, The next person is Honorable Zander Mela. Honorable Zander Mela? No, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, arise on behalf of the EPF at Council in the next sitting, debate the issue of water shortages and lack of adequate uh, sanitation infrastructure, which is experienced across all municipalities especially in Pumalang, and the strategic plan which the Department of Water and Sanitation has uh, in order to resolve these challenges. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Zandamela. The next person is Honorable Mikalakis. Honorable Mikalakis. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, I, I wish to move that at its next sitting, um, this council debates the underfunding and under-resourcing of the South African Police Service in the Western Cape by the National ANC government. Despite the DA's numerous calls for more funding and more resources, as well as the devolution of SAPs to a provincial level. Thank you very much. I right, so. Thank you very much, Honourable Mikalakis, Honourable Labuskakne. Um, uh, Chair, I, no, I want to do a motion without notice, so I'll... Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, uh, it was in the name of uh, uh, Honorable Member from the Western Cape, uh, the, the member's uh, name has disappeared from the screen. Uh, I also indicated, Chair. And, and that's Honorable. I also indicated, Chair, in Jadu. Yeah, Jadu, yeah. I don't know if there was any other name other than the name of Jad. Okay. So let's start with Jad. And the Honorable Pasha. Uh, okay. Let's start with uh, Jad. Good afternoon, Honorable Chair. Afternoon. Good afternoon, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Yes, it's a it's a notice with of a motion. Uh, I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress that in the next sitting, the House discusses the apartheid style moves by the city of Cape Town to abruptly stop and deliberately disrupt 
the livelihoods of the people, especially the Black and African communities of Cape Town, who still lives in the disgraced shacks and humiliating uh, squatter through the abrupt uh, stoppage of fire victims, starter kits through the city of Cape Town. I so moved, Chairperson. Thank you, thank, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Jadu. Um, uh, I hope still notices of 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 of, of motion. Uh, so I will go to the uh, Honorable Boshoff. Honourable Chair, Honourable Chair, mine's also a motion without notice. No, then, 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 then we'll, let, please wait. We'll, we'll come back to you. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we'll now move on to motions without uh, notice, uh, and we'll start with uh, uh, Honourable Boshoff. Uh, Gillian and uh, Mika Lakis. Honorable Boshoff. Thank you, Chair. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes with concern the ill-equipped and dysfunctional traffic departments in Mpumalanga that are constantly offline, leaving motorists frustrated and without valid driver's license. Also notes that these traffic departments rarely serve motorists who want to abide by the law and be adequately licensed. Further notes that motorists in this province have voiced their frustration to the DA as they are unable to renew both their vehicle and driver's licenses because traffic departments in Mpumalanga are either constantly offline lacking the necessary equipment or are forced to shut down completely as they fail to pay the electricity bills. Again, note that the current circumstances in these dysfunctional traffic departments can and should never be deemed acceptable as motorists are forced to wait long periods in snaking queues just to be told systems are offline and finally notes that under a DA-led coalition government, the livelihoods of the citizens would be at the forefront and every necessary step would have been taken to rectify these problems to ensure that the needs of the residents are addressed. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, any objection to the motion? Objection, that, objection, is there an objection? Yes. And this objection comes from? Not a very convincing one, though, Chair. Member Killian. Oh, Member Killian, thank you very much. Uh, uh, there being an objection, uh, the motion may not be proceeded with, as members know, and it become a, a notice of a, of a motion. Uh, We'll move on, Honorable Okan. Thank you, 
Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes with concern the fact that the Gamagara local municipality spends 0% of its allocated 12,273,000 rands of municipal infrastructure grants for the 2021-2022 financial year. Further notes with concern the fact that the Richtersveld local municipality in the Northern Cape spent also 0% of its allocated 14,480,000 rands of municipal infrastructure grants for the 2021-2022 financial year. Notes that these municipalities has got several communities that is in desperate need for an improvement of the infrastructure. Further notes that the failure by these municipalities to spend any of the amounts allocated to them has got a serious negative impact on the infrastructure development of their communities. Furthermore, notes that the fact that these municipalities did not spend their allocated municipal infrastructure grants adequately will lead to them not receiving their full allocations for the next financial year, which in turn will have a negative impact on the infrastructure development of these municipalities. Further notes that the DA has on numerous occasions called on these municipalities to fulfill its obligations towards service delivery and infrastructure development, and that this House further condemn these municipalities' as lack of properly spending money made available to them in order to better the lives of its citizens. I so move. Thank you very much, Honorable Holcomb. Uh, any objection to the motion? None. And there being no objection, um, uh, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Uh, Honorable Gillian. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Chairperson, I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House notes with concern the kidnapping of Uzaifa Sange from his family takeaway business in Newfields near Inova Park in Cape Town. Also note that four armed men went to the family home where the business operates and robbed them before they fled with, with Sange. Further note that this kidnapping has highlighted the increased targeting at case-based businesses by copycat gangs. Therefore, call on the police to leave no stone unturned in the endeavor to bring back Mr. Sange and lock up the criminals responsible. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Gillian. Um, any objection? There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby wish to move uh, without notice that this council notes the mayor of Masionyana local municipality in the Free State, Dimakatso Modise, was arrested yesterday and granted bail in the amount of 2,000 Rand. She's charged for inciting violence in the community during April and June 2021. That this council condemns the behavior of the mayor notes that Masironiana local municipality is currently crippled under unemployment and poor service delivery, that the mayor of a municipality should be elected from among the ranks of the cream of the crop of the community's leaders, and that if this is the best leader the ANC in Masironiana has 
since they elected her mayor, that the people of Maslunyana should then get rid of the ANC in its totality in this municipality. And finally, that we as a council reaffirm our support for the principle that nobody is above the law in this country and express our hopes that justice in this case too will be served equally and fairly. I so move. Thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? Objection, Chairperson. There's an objection. Uh, there being an objection, yeah, that we will not be proceeded with and will become an, a notice of a motion. Uh, Honorable Detroit. Thank, Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, I move on behalf of the Freedom Front Plus without notice that the House notes with great sadness the passing of Magistrate Gerard Kirsten, a respected member of the legal fraternity, notes that this legal giant will be missed by friends, family and colleagues, notes that his legacy of fair judgment, respect and empathy will live on in his absence and conveys our heartfelt condolences to the Kirsten family. I so move, Chair. Thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? And there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the of the constitution. Honorable Militana. Thank you, Chairperson. I rise on behalf of Economic Freedom Fighters uh, with a motion without notice that the House should note the ongoing service delivery challenges faced by the residents of Kwakwa municipality and the lack of accountability displayed by the local councillors and municipal officials in handling the water and electricity crisis. Further note that local municipality is among municipalities which have in the past been identified as service delivery hotspot in promised intervention yet to date this municipalities has not been able to detect the root cause of these disruptions. Also acknowledge that residents of Blue Gambush, Makwani, and parts of Kutarichaba are often left without water and electricity for weeks at a time. Further acknowledge that this municipality continue to experience regression in infrastructure is home, is home to thousands of people who cannot afford to pay for services such as electricity and water, and as a result, are denied access to basic services by government. Also recognize that, also recognize that the corruption, poor financial management and cater deployment have worsened the plight of this marginalized community. We therefore make a call to the executive arm of the government that it must play a more active role in the provision of basic services as this is an ongoing responsibility. I so move. Thank you very much, Mezzani. Um, is there any objection to the motion? None. Uh, there being uh, no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the of the constitution. Uh, Honorable Malika. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. 
I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress motion without notice that the House note with great sadness the tragic pass of of one of South African film star Gomora Eta Siabonga Zubane who played Stumo in the telenovela Vela on Saturday, 7 May 2022. Further note that the cause of his death is not yet confirmed. Though it is believed the young actor took his own life. Further recalls that he has also previously acted in Mzansi Magic, most popular telenovela Isibaya before he joined the Omora cast. Reminded that Reminded that the South African entertainment industry has been engulfed by a dark cloud after the death of several notable South African entertainers, all in a short space of time in 2022. Convey its condolences to his family, friends, as well as the members of Gomorrah cast, including the South African film industry at large, I so move. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Malika. Uh, any objection to the motion? None. Uh, there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable BB. Um, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. On behalf of the African National Congress, I hereby move without notice that the council notices full study to the Parliament of Namibia on the 9th to the 13th of May 2022. Further notes that the study tour, which was a benchmarking exercise on the work of the parliaments, especially on mechanisms and systems that have been put in place to strengthen the role of whips in enforcing discipline uh, amongst members and build a cohesive approach towards the representation of issues effective in provinces or regions, as they are called in Namibia, has been both revealing and also enriching. I take this opportunity to express its profound appreciation to the chairperson of the National Council of Namibia, Honorable Lucas Muha, the deputy chairperson of the National Council, Honorable Victoria Kauma, the chief whip Emma Muteka, for the amazing work that they did to hosting the delegation of whips from the council. And furthermore, to extend this profound appreciation to the Speaker of the National Assembly, Honorable Professor Peter Tavivi, and Deputy Speaker Honorable Casingo, and Secretary of the National Council, his team, and the team from the National Council of Provinces that was led by the Advocate Pindela. We would also like to extend our profound appreciation to the Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Ms. N.A. Masondo, critical approval to make 
sure that the study tour takes place. I so move, Chairperson. No, thank you very much. Uh, any objection to the motion? None. Uh, there being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Arnold. Uh, thank you, Austin. I rise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters that the Council notes that climate change is leading to increased temp temperatures and rainfall variability as evidence show that extreme weather is becoming more prominent in South Africa. Further notes that the recent estimates from the South African Weather Services show that year 2021 was the 13th highest year on record and that the trend of rising temperatures will negatively affect crop yields and human health. Acknowledge that high temperatures can cause heat-treated illnesses, which will put elderly, children, and people with certain pre-existing medical conditions at risk. Further acknowledge that climate change poses a significant threat to South Africa's water resources, food security, health, infrastructure, and ecosystem services, and biodiversity. Recognize that export earnings farmer worker and timber plantation worker livelihoods and food availability are at risk, particularly in the Western Cape and Northern Cape, which are expected to face the worst water stress, but also account to 95% of South Africa's food exports, 25% of national agricultural earnings, and 35% of national agricultural employment. Further recognize that Parliament must play a more active role in rethinking the country's climate path, as the effects of climate change are a critical challenge to our development. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, any objection to the motion? <coughs> None. Uh, there being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Labus Kahne. Thank you, Chairperson. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this Council notes with concern that the House Chairperson for Oversight and Institutional Support, Mrs. W. Nguenya, Member of Parliament, has been implicated in Part 3 of the Zona Commission's report. Recognizes that the Chief Parliamentary Legal Advisor, Advocate Adikari, recommended that the Speaker of the National Assembly, Mrs. Mapisa Nkankula, refer Part 3 of the report to the Joint Committee on Ethics and Members' Interests to consider the alleged breach of the Ethics Code by House Chairperson Nguenya. Acknowledges with concern that this breach relates to the House Chairperson's term as a member of the Portfolio Committee on Correctional Services, where she is alleged to have ex executed her functions in a biased manner to the benefit of Bosasa in return for monthly cash payment. Resolves to strip House Chairperson Nguyenia of her delegated responsibility as House Chairperson and membership of the Ethics Committee while these allegations are being investigated. I so move. Any objection to the motion? Objection, Chairperson, uh, we can't There being an objection, the motion may not be proceeded with. 
and will become a notice of, uh, of emotion. Thank you very much, Honorable Ndongeni. Thank you, Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress without notice that the House noted with great shock the killing of three people by a suspect who opened fire on two patients who died instantly at New Somerset, Somerset Hospital in Cape Town on Saturday, 7th May 2022. Also notes the police officer who was shot on the head by the same suspect also succumbed on, the, on death later on. Applauds the police officer who disarmed the suspect and arrest him again. Hopes that due to this senseless incident, secure, security measures will be beefed up at the South African hospitals to protect staff and patients. Therefore, convey our, heart condolence, our heartfelt condolences to the family of the disease. I saw more. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, any objection to the motion? There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Mtetwa. Thanks, Honorable Chair. <clears throat> I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress without notice that the House today, Chair, not with great shock, uh, with gross shock, the, the shooting and killing of six people in Site C in Kailisha on Sunday evening 8, May 2022. Also note that the five victims died on the scene and the sixth victim was certified dead on arrival at the hospital. We recall that this mass killing of the following several others mass killing in Kailisha. Therefore, we convey our condolences to the family of the disease and assure them that our thoughts and prayers are with them during this trying time. And call upon the police to, to, to leave no stone unturned in bringing the suspect to book. I saw move Chairperson. Well, thank you very much, Honorable Mutetua. Um, any objection to the motion? None. There being an objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Lucas. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I want to move that the House take note of concern the continuation of what we have termed during the COVID-19 pandemic as a second pandemic, this of gender-based violence and femicide, by taking note with deepest sympathy and condolences of the death of Danielle van der Linde, who was killed in Kimberley by a partner in front of a nine-year-old son. I so move. Thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Ethel Nkosi. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House notes the deaths of five relatives, including two children, when a fire destroyed their church. 
in France and former settlement in, in Kailisha on Sunday. Further noted that the fire started at about 4.30 a.m. while the family was asleep. Also noted that the neighbors could not help the kids through the through they could hear them screaming because the burglar, burglar bars were locked. We therefore send our heartfelt condolences to the family of the deceased in the side of the event. I so move, Honorable Chair. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Muima. Thank you, the National Chairperson. Uh, I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress without notice that the House uh, knows with great sadness the killing of Al Jazeera journalist Sherin Abu Akleb on Wednesday, the 11th May 2022, allegedly by the Israeli Defense Force. Uh, also notes Atlab was shot in the head while on an assignment in Jenin covering the Israeli raids uh, on Jenin in the occupied West Bank. Uh, further notes that another Al Jazeera journalist Ali Samodi was also wounded after being shot in the back and condemns in the strongest possible terms the targeting and killing of journalists in the occupied territories and in conflict zones uh, like Afghanistan, which seems like a deliberate att- an attempt on silencing the free press. I so move, Honorable National Chair. Thank you very much. The, the question we need to pose is whether there's any objection to the motion. None. There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of section 65 of the, of the, of the Constitution. Thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, I see Lucas's name uh, on the screen. Is that a, an old hand or a new hand? Jefferson, I it's, I won't say it's an old hand. I just wanted to add to the to the motion of Honorable Malika, the also the demise of a very renowned singer and artist, Honorable Dr. Deborah Fraser. I, I didn't hear her mentioning. She spoke about artists, but she didn't speak about her. And we also extend our condolences to her family and the fans, as well as the African National Congress, of whom she has composed many songs uh, during this time of our liberation. I so move. Well, thank you very much, Honorable Lucas. I'm sure uh, members won't uh, uh, have any, any objection to that. Uh, so the two motions will be, will be read together, not unless there's an objection to the motion. And there being no objection, uh, we'll proceed as, as indicated. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, we'll now proceed to the first order 
consideration of the Division of Revenue Bill B6 uh, 2022 uh, and report of Select Committee on appropriation thereon. I call on Honorable T.G. Masangu, Chairperson of the Select Committee on Appropriations, to present Thank the you, committee report. Uh, Honorable Chairperson of the NCOP, Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Men Lucas, uh, honorable members, come and please proceed, honorable Masangu. And uh, I call on the table there to really try very much to do their best to ensure that uh, the honorable member uh, is, is audible. Am uh, I not audible, Chair? Yes, uh, that's better. Please proceed. Thank you, Chairperson. My greetings to yourself and the Deputy Chairperson, uh, Mel Lucas, permanent and special delegates, fellow South Africans, um, all uh, participants on the platform. A very good afternoon. Kuya Meda. Honorable Chairperson. Kuya Meda. Am I still not audible? Please be audible and uh, plead on, I plead to the honorable participants to please ensure that uh, uh, the speaker is not disturbed. Thank yeah. you, I'm honored to table before this house a report on the Division of Revenue Bill on behalf of the Select Committee on Appropriations. The bill um, validates the commitment of the ANC government's economic policy of fostering inclusive economic growth. The National Treasury uh, briefed the committee together with provincial portfolio committees on finance on the Division of Revenue Bill. I'm talking about uh, the, the Division of Revenue Bill, Bill number B6 of 2022, on the 9th of March 2022. The report and the mandates were concluded on the 11th of May, 2022, by the committee. Honorable Chairperson, permanent delegates briefed provinces on the bill, and we received and considered mandates and from provinces. We received submissions from COSATU Section 27, Rural Health, Rural Health Advocacy Projects, Healthy Living Alliance, and Budget Justice Coalition. The committee also consulted with the FFP, SALGA, and PBO. Honorable Chairperson, the committee has made observations and recommendations. We believe that the executive should ensure that any increased allocation to the provincial and, lo and local government sphere is accompanied by the requisite capacity and support for proper planning and effective implementation of grant-funded uh, grant projects, and that all pillars of accountability, monitoring, and oversight are strengthened and consequence management is implemented immediately. Honorable Chairperson and members, SALGA should expedite its engagement with the executive to resolve the issues of municipalities owing monies to ESCOM, as well as provincial and national departments or municipalities. 
These issues are long overdue and resolving them will partly address revenue challenges for these entities. Honorable Chair, Salga should intensify its skills development programs for, for, municip for municipalities to ensure that uh, allocated funds are spent efficiently and effectively to address the lack of spending on infrastructure projects and non-compliance with grant framework. Salga should interact with all recognized traditional leaders to address underdevelopment and infrastructure issues, particularly in rural areas. Salga should also work with various law enforcement agencies to enforce accountability and consequence management in municipalities. Honorable members, we have challenged local government uh, to develop viable and long-term growth programs for their localities. The importance of SMMEs, Black, uh, black women, and youth-owned businesses cannot be overstated. Greater economic inclusion will drive growth, not just for the established. It is vital that we, as legislators, establish an enabling environment through appropriate legislation and budget to support this drive. Honorable Chairperson, national and provincial governments should intervene in municipalities only in instances where municipalities are not capable of performing, of performing. This should always happen in consultation with the particular municipalities or the provinces. Interventions should ensure effective and prompt ratification and consequence management. They must also be uh, accustomed because there is no capital, no one size fits all uh, in as far as governance is concerned. Honorable Chairperson, government must ensure that funds lost due to corruption, maladministration, and wasteful expenditure are recovered and paid back to the state. Provincial departments and municipalities must ensure that audit improvement plans are implemented to address wastage of resources raised by the Auditor General, as we've seen the report. The health departments should ensure that conditional grants are utilized to strengthen service delivery and hospital infrastructure. There is an urgent need for government to resolve its inability to employ doctors and nurses. And this is very serious and a concern to the committee and the public at large. We believe that primary health care should be strengthened through community health care workers. The state of health infrastructure maintenance in some provinces is worrisome and requires urgent attention. The review of the provincial equitable share uh, formula should be expedited. And we recommend that certain provinces such as the Northern Cape, Gauteng, and KwaZulu-Natal should continue to be considered for a big up share to address the challenges posed by their uh, rurality, vastness, and population growth. We know I've left some of the rural uh, uh, provinces. Uh, on, on, honorable Chairperson, the National Treasury should expedite tabling of the public uh, procurement bill in Parliament in order to promote local procurement initiatives. 
stimulate domestic manufacturing and fast track economic recovery. Honorable Chairperson and members, the committee recommends that government should continue engaging with labor unions to amicably conclude the public sector wage negotiations. We have said this several times, and I think it will be considered for the last time. The review process of departmental organ organograms and vacant posts is a critical exercise, and we need, we, I mean, we expect National Treasury to report on this matter in the next budget cycle. We welcome the 21.1 billion allocation for the ongoing response to the COVID-19 pandemic and for the appointment of the medical interns and community service doctors who are playing an important role in ensuring ongoing improvement in the quality of healthcare. Honorable Chairperson, the resources allocated to the Department of Health for the Presidential Employment Initiative will help to mitigate the impact of youth unemployment. The Department of Higher Education and Training should ensure that 32.6 billion and earmarked to fund the shortfall in student bursaries is transferred to uh, NSFAS timelessly to assist working class and, and, and the poor students. The Department of Basic Education should table a status report in Parliament on school infrastructure backlog and pitch a latriness around the country, particularly in the Eastern Cape, before the social infrastructure uh, backlog grant is incorporated into the education uh, infrastructure grant. Honorable Chair and members, the department should also table a clear plan on how it intends incorporating the SIG, SIBG without compromising its fundamental principles and objectives. The Department of Basic Education, National Treasury and Provincial Treasuries should ensure that provincial education departments put proper systems in place to ensure effective administration of the 3.7 billion rands for the early childhood development program, including a smooth function shift uh, as decided. The committee is of the view that for government to improve the quality of education, more investment is needed in the uh, ECD. The Department of Social Development must address the administrative inefficiencies and corruption affecting the social relief of distress grant. Honorable Chairperson, honorable members, the committee reiterates its previous recommendations around gender budgeting and the Minister of Finance, that the Minister of Finance together with the Minister of Women in the Presidency, ensure that adequate resources are allocated for women, youth, and people with disabilities. Furthermore, they need to ensure that enough resources are earmarked and transferred to provinces for the implementation of the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide to help address this, the, the scourge of uh, gender-based violence, including the LGBTQ, I, uh, A plus communities. In line with the proposed amendment to the local government uh, 
Financial uh, Management Grant, FMG. The committee recommends that National Treasury, National Treasury correct the grants framework that will be issued in terms of the Section uh, 15 of the Division of Revenue Act once this bill has been uh, enacted. There is a need to strengthen and enhance the intergovernmental cooperation with regard to information flow between the executive and the legislatures to avoid the information gap regarding policy decisions and foster transparency and foster transparency and accountability. Honorable Chairperson, in order to avoid conditional grant funds being consumed in salaries, instead of service delivery, National Treasury should give serious consideration to, ref, uh, uh, to refencing the amount that can be used for salaries. That those are the control measures that we are recommending. In conclusion, uh, uh, Honorable Chairperson, building a developmental state requires that the state should play a decisive role in the economy. The state cannot be a, trans, a spectator when the vast majority of our people are unemployed and live in poverty. Honorable members and the chair, many of the interventions in the 2002 Division of Revenue Bill are pro-development and pro-poor, and we therefore welcome them as the committee. In conclusion, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members and our public in the country, I wish to thank all committee members, provincial committee members, committee stakeholders, the media, and the general public, as well as the committee support staff. The committee recommends to this August House that the bill be adopted without amendment. You are muted, Chair. Chairperson, you are muted. I, I don't know if you heard me. Yes, I heard you, Honorable Masango. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, that, Honorable, Honorable Members, concludes the debate. Uh, uh, I now put the question. The question is that the bill be agreed to. Uh, before I proceed to voting, I shall allow provinces the opportunity to make the iterations of vote in terms of Rule 86, if they so wish. And just to remind, remind the honorable members that the maximum time for this is three minutes. Um, uh, any declaration? Honorable Chair, I would like to make a declaration. Please proceed. Thank you. Honorable Chair, the 2022 Division of Revenue Bill has some very good aspects to it and signals some very positive trends. There remain, however, several causes for concern which needs to be considered before the acceptance of the bill. The increase in allocations to provinces and local government is welcome. However, it is important to note that inflation has already reached 5.7% year on year in February 2022. This means that in real terms, 
funding is actually increasing by a very small margin year on year. With inflation set to increase further over the coming months, the increase is in fact barely enough to stay stable. For local government, the increase is in fact insufficient to retain existing service delivery levels, as ESCOM increases of 9.6% and water board increases of between 7 and 12% make up a substantial portion of the costs that local municipalities need to fund with their equitable share, it is obvious that service delivery cannot continue even at the poor levels that our communities have been subjected to. Considering furthermore that the cost of fuel is a massive input into service delivery, with refuse removal being the obvious biggest user, but also road repairs, leak management, and traffic control, all requiring extensive report transport, one can only look at the massive fuel price increases with fear for service delivery in our towns and cities. The subsequent reduction planned in the medium-term framework means that even the current small burst of good news will be short-lived. The DORA bill, the uh, Vision of Revenue bill, also shows little change and innovation to adapt to a post-COVID reality, with government continuing to copy and paste budgets with little regard for what is working and what is failing, or more importantly, what is needed. More alarming is the apparent failure of the census 2022 process, meaning our decisions over the next 10 to 12 years will be based on flawed data. Bad data makes for bad decisions. This bill cannot and should not be supported. I thank you. Thank you very much. Any other deterioration? <laughs> Chairperson, my hand is up. It's Eunice Karim. Eunice Karim, please proceed. Chair, uh, thank you very much. Uh, just to say that, look, uh, we've our chairperson covered the key points of the report. Uh, if one looks at the ATC, you'll find a fuller set of recommendations there. Now, the many issues raised by the Western Cape or the DA or Ms. Lapaskakini herself um, actually catered for in some other measure, either in the report or in the discussions we've had over this Division of Revenue Bill or the previous ones. So it's not as if we're unaware of the challenges that she points to. But obviously, a glass is either half full or half empty. Moreover, you can't address issues without recognizing the context in which they appear. Otherwise, you'll look for short-termist solutions, which will not sustain themselves. So we have repeatedly pointed out the challenges we've had. Some of them are our responsibility as parliament, as the ANC government, as in fact the state. We accept that. We've never said everything is hunky-dory. We've never said we're performing perfectly. Even the president himself says so, and the acting secretary general of the ANC does, as indeed the previous secretary general was So the issue really is, you know, what do we do about this? And instead of this doom and gloom and fatalism of the DA, or Ms. Lamaskafni personally, or in Western Cape, I'm not sure exactly, I think she's speaking in this case as a DA representative, as their major... Uh, and you are blabbering. Uh, yeah. But the issue really is, I don't know in which capacity, because the things Ms. Lamaskafni says don't necessarily coincide with what the members say in our committee. That is why it's not clear on whose behalf she speaks. I just take it that she's speaking mainly on her own behalf. And so the issue of on whose behalf she speaks matters. At least it matters in most other parties, given the internal democracy that exists. I can't just say whatever I want. I 
on behalf of my party, who is the chair of the committee. So it's not clear in what state she says it. What she's saying doesn't correspond with the robust debate we have, and very fruitful one, offered, in fact, by the opposition members, no less, from her party. Alarmist. You know, she says it's alarming. I mean, the issues around the census, I think, are understandable. Look at the context we're in. No party, even the best party in the world, could actually deal with these challenges with, with enormous aplomb. They are unparalleled. COVID-19, the July unrest that we brought upon ourselves partly, yes, true, but there are structural reasons for it. They always focus on the internal divisions of the ANC without looking at the structural underpinning, as if people are all sheep. They just follow the internal divisions of the ANC without recognizing the highly racialized inequalities of society that we keep pointing out to them. But no, their focus is solely on the one aspect, the subjective, not the objective. They have yet to understand the relationship between the two. Then on the issue of uh, uh, this uh, cut-and-paste job, that's absolutely not true, actually. There are aspects that need to be changed fundamentally. And there are a series of other issues being dealt with. We've repeatedly pointed out to the structural reforms that are necessary that fall beyond the purview of national treasury. Those issues have to be addressed. Maybe Islam Skakli should pay more attention in the portfolio committee she is in, rather than speak on behalf of issues that she seems to have a very shallow understanding of, and deal with the matters there, as indeed the, the communications committee has to oversee the spectrum, as indeed the, the other aspects of the the human settlements issues and so on that we've dealt with. All these issues make it inevitable that we have to deal with this collaboratively. To point to the Appropriations Committee, which deals ultimately with disbursement of funds without looking at these broader structural issues, is actually doomed to failure. So let's, in fact, Ms. Labaskakhni, have our differences but let's work together to try to address them in a constructive way. The country right now, more than ever, needs unity despite our differences. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable uh, Yunus Karim. Any other uh, declaration? None. Uh, we'll therefore proceed uh, to the voting on the question. And the question is that the bill be agreed to. Uh, I now call upon the, the province to cast their votes. When called upon, heads of delegations must indicate whether they vote in favor, against, or abstain. We will do our voting in alphabetical order. We start with the Eastern Cape. Eastern Cape? Eastern Cape, yeah, it has a report. Eastern Cape supports the report, Free State. Free State votes in favor of the report, Honorable Chairperson. Free State votes in favor, Gauteng. Gauteng in favor, Chairperson. Gauteng is voting in favor, KwaZulu Natal. KwaZulu Natal, Limpopo. Limpopo support in favor. Uh, Limpopo support in favor, Mpumalanga. Mpumalanga. Malanga supports the report, Chair. Malanga supports the report. Northern Cape? Northern Cape supports the report, Honorable Chair. Northern Cape supports the report. Northwest? Konimukirima. Northwest? There seems to be a problem there. 
I thought that is northwest is out of section 100, but it looks like it's still under section 100. <laughs> Thank you very much, Western Cape. <laughs> the Western Cape does not re re support. Uh, Western Cape is is uh, voting again. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> voting is now closed. Uh, and the vote as they stand, seven provinces voted uh, in favor. Uh, uh, and only Western Cape voted against. Um, what that does is to, is to ensure that the vote, voting is in favor. I therefore declare the bill agreed to in accordance with section 65 of the Constitution. Thank you very much. We will then proceed, uh, honorable members and delegates, to the second order, consideration of, of employment equity amendment bill and report of the Select Committee on Trade and Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, employment uh, on. Um, I now call on Honorable uh, M.I. Chai, Chairperson of the Select Committee on Trade, Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism Employment, to present the committee report. Honorable Chai. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Greetings to you. Greetings to the Deputy Chairperson, uh, MECs present. Uh, honorable members, um, the Select Committee on Trade and Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, Employment and Labor, having considered the subject of Employment Equity Amendment Bill, uh, B14B of 2020, National Assembly. Uh, please proceed, Honorable Kai. Section and, 75 uh, to order the member in the background who is uh, causing some disturbance. Please proceed. Thank you, Chair. The, the committee reports that it has agreed to the bill. Uh, the Employment Equity Amendment Bill was referred to the Select Committee on Trade, Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, Employment, and Labor on the 16th November 2021. The committee received a briefing uh, on the bill and the purpose of the bill is that the, the Employment Equity seeks to amend Employment Equity of 1998, uh, Act number 955. Uh, uh, the amendments have purpose of empowering the Minister of Labor and employment and labor to determine sectoral numerical targets for the purpose of ensuring the equitable representation of suitable qualified people from designated groups, that is blacks, women, and persons with disability at all occupational levels in the workforce, enhancing the administration of the act including the implementation of Section 53 thereof, which provides for the issuing of a certificate by the minister confirming an employer's compliance with Chapter 2 or Chapter 2 and Chapter 3 of the Act, as the case may be, in relation to the conclusion of state contracts. 
removing the requirement for psychological testing and similar assessment of employees to be certified by the Health Profession Council of South Africa. Removing a provision empowering non-designated employers to notify the Director General of the Department of Employment and Labor that they intend to voluntarily comply with Chapter 3 of the Act as, they were, as if they were designated employers. The process that was followed by committee was to place the advert for public comments in newspapers and run radio adverts to advertise for public comments. The closing date for written submission was the 22nd of January, uh, 2022. It was advertised uh, or published in all 11 official languages. The committee then received submissions from the following stakeholders in respect of the bill, Business Unity, Unity South Africa, USA, Banking Association of South Africa, Financial Intermediaries Association of South Africa, Black Business Council for Built Environment, Association for Savings and Investment South Africa, and South African Insurance Association, Master Builders South Africa, Congress of the South African Trade Unions, Construction Alliance South Africa, South African Civil Engineering Contractors. The committee held public hearings on the 22nd of February 2022, received responses from the Department of Employment and Labor in respect of the responses of the submission received on the 8th March 2022 and held deliberation on the 15th March 2022. The outcome of the committee's consideration of the bill was that we voted uh, close by close as well as uh, the, for the bill. Five members of the African National Congress voted in support of uh, the clauses of the bill and also the bill. Been, uh, frozen. Am I frozen? Uh, yeah, it says your internet there is unstable, but please proceed. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, the committee report was uh, supported by five members of the ANC, one member of the EFF, and two members of the Democratic Alliance voted against uh, the, the bill, as well as the report. Uh, the committee therefore recommends uh, that uh, the plenary session of the NCOP approve the bill. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mandlakai. Uh, uh, and now put the question. The question is that the bill be agreed to. Uh, before I proceed to voting, I shall now allow political parties the opportunity to make their declarations of votes in terms of Rule 78 if they so wish. Again, maximum time allowed for this is three minutes. Any declaration? Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Detroit wants to make an intervention followed by Poshoff. Please proceed. We start with Detroit. Detroit. Uh, all right, let's proceed to Poshoff. Thank you very much, Chair. Undeniably, unemployment is a runaway train without any brakes. Currently, almost 12 million South Africans do not 
and will not in the foreseeable future have a job. We are heading for the 50% mark if we count those who have given up looking for a job. And the trend has worsened on Minister Nexi's watch. Instead of revising labor laws and regulations to free up the labor market, he and his department would rather see draconian regulations like the Employment Equity Amendment Bill, which will in the first place be a job killer and will in all likelihood strangle any new and current businesses. This is a destructive piece of legislation, which will see potential investors taking their investments out elsewhere and will wreak havoc on the economic growth. The only thing this bill does is to empower the minister to set numerical employment equity targets for any national economic sector after, not with, after incompatible, after consultation with the relevant sectors. The new powers vested with the minister are completely incompatible with the principles of any market-based economy. We therefore cannot support this bill and report. I thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Detroit. Detroit is still not there. Honorable Muima. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, indeed, Chair, the, the Chair of the Select Committee he has correctly pointed out the the the, the rationale behind the the uh, employment equity bill, and uh, from the African national side, uh, indeed, uh, this is a progressive move uh, because uh, of uh, the balance of evidence that indicate that indeed there is a poor record of transformation across a number of uh, sectors. And therefore, uh, it becomes critical that the, the, that the Minister of Employment and Labor is empowered uh, uh, to determine sectoral numerical targets as clearly indicated by the Chair of the Select Committee. Uh, what is quite important, Chair, is to, is to indeed indicate that the that uh, the transformation project in our country is sacrosanct and consistent with the aspiration of the Bill of Rights and cannot be deterred or be deferred by the ancillary issues uh, such as the investment scare and capital flights concern, shortage of skills from the designated groups and capacity or lack thereof from the police enforcement agencies, the shortage of skills in critical sectors of the economy such as financial services and insurance industry cannot usurp the transformation as these sectors had ample time to develop uh, demanded capabilities. Of course, the, the, uh, what, you, what we are not told by the uh, Democratic Alliance Chair is what was correctly captured by, by uh, Professor Roger Southwall who is a professor of sociology at the University of Edward Strand, and he said that South Africa's main opposition party 
is caught in an unenviable political bind. Yeah, therefore, uh, as the ANC, we are not surprised that the DA is strongly opposing the Employment Equity Bill. They are opposing the bill because they possess an uncanny, the Democratic Alliance possesses an uncanny uh, ability to shoot itself in the foot. It is its real dilemma is how to escape a vicious cycle. When it sought to attract black voters by endorsing black empowerment, it alienated the white voters to the right and classic liberals. Let me warn you, when you reject the employment equity bill, you are going to alienate your potential support base, which we are on the verge of donating on a silver platter to your proxy, Mashaba. Therefore, the African National Congress support the bill. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mema. Honorable Plenty. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, uh, the EFF welcomes the Equity uh, Amendment Bill, which seeks to provide recourse for women, youth, persons living with disabilities, and the black majority who have for years been uh, discriminated against by employers without any form of recourse. Employment equity should have long been achieved by promoting equal opportunities and fair treatment through the elimination of unfair discrimination and through the implementation of progressive policies. But it is shocking to note that to date, uh, even in government departments, entities and state-owned enterprises, Local institutions have failed to comply with the requirements of employer equity, particularly with the employment of persons living with disabilities <laughs> who still face marginalization, exclusion from the labor market. Under the leadership of the ruling party, blacks are still highly underrepresented in key management positions compared to their workforce availability. And while women make up the bulk of South African population, they still account for only a third of the labor force, still mainly concentrated in service, hospitality, retail, and other manufacturing industries whilst the whites still dominate top and senior management positions. There is no denying that progress in bringing about the change in unfair discrimination in the workplace has been painfully slow, and that the legacy of workplace discrimination against black lives on whilst the gap between the rich and the poor widens. We support this bill as it is designated to address the colonial exploitation, which continues at the exclusion of the majority of our people from having any meaningful participation in the economy. And while legislation is an important aspect in addressing unfair work, uh, workplace discrimination, it is on its own not enough to achieve this goal. Transformation is the, in the workplace needs to be supported by employment practices which are conducive to the development of black workers. And so if 
under-administered efficiently. We hope that the Employment Equity Amendment Bill will improve the social economic status of black people, youth, persons living with disabilities. We support this, this bill as it seeks to achieve the uh, promoting of equal opportunities and fair treatment at the workplace so as to advance the interests of black people, women, youth, and persons living with disabilities. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, we will then uh, uh, move on. Honorable Chair. Uh, Yes, there was that in the background. That's the toy chair. I'm experiencing technical difficulty, but I see the sound is back on. May I continue? Yeah, yeah I will allow you to do it, although I called you to, uh, more than once. Thank you, Chair. I appreciate okay. that. It's okay. We will allow you to speak. Please proceed. Thank you, Chair. Die cultuur van zelfrechtvaardigende aanspraak van posten en posities in de afstelling waardoor of governments to create an environment for race-based employment legislation reduced the successful and suitable candidates for the voter. It was a selection with doubtful qualifications and skills as a result thereof. What the ruling party doesn't do is the following, Chair. They do not mention the astronomic population growth in South Africa between 1993 and 2019. Black South Africans increased from 23.06 million to 47.4 Galaxy increased from 3.4 million to 5.08 million. Indians from 1.022 million to 1.45 million. And white South African population decreased from 5.1 to 4.4 million people. If the number of black South Africans doubles in 26 years, Jay, it's obvious that there would be more unemployment without economic growth because of the government policies. Voorzitter, wat die ANC ook nalaat om te noem, is dat die internationale monetaire fondsen and ask the table there to assist, manage the problem. Please proceed, uh, Honorable Dwight. Thank you, Chair. Buiten kader ontplooiing en staatskaping is rasgebaseerde wetgeving een van die grootste redes vir die vervaal van staatsintiteit. Minderheidsgroepen in Zuid-Afrika, soos die Indier, Bruin en Witgemeenskappe, het ons nou toe en sal ook nie in die toekomst toelaat, laat die uitsluitende wetgeving ons verhinder om suksesvol te wees nie. Die regering bied ons dat nie een toekomst nie, maar ons skep self een. Die regering wil ons potentiaal onderdruk, ons bewijsel verkeerd. Die regering stel strenger rasgebaseerde wetgeving in, maar ons floreer met kreativiteit. Die regering blaas rassekonflikt, haat en verdeeldheid met die wetgeving aan. Ons achtopogings nie bepalend oor ons lot nie. Wel gedaan aan elke persoon wat met genade boe hierdie vloek uitgestuig het. Daar is twee hulbronne wat nooit uitgeput raak nie. Gods genade en hoop, volhard oorwin en floreer. Dankie, voorzitter. 
Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Detroit. Uh, we'll ask the the team there at uh, the table uh, just to try and, and make this translation question a bit more easier and uh, comfortable for, for almost all, everyone. Uh, we will now proceed, but before we do so, we'll allow 15 seconds to delegate to outside the virtual platform to join the house. And the 15 seconds start now. Thank you very much. Uh, having allowed the, the 15 seconds, uh, and, and, and the members having uh, uh, joined the virtual platform and in the house, uh, we will now proceed to voting on the question. And the question is that the bill be agreed to. Uh, can we get uh, those who want to vote in favor to please raise their hands? Please raise your hands and we'll ask the table to, to assist. Uh, Chairperson, the attempt by Sandra Samsia Bonagala Lab. Umkivado. Bonagala Umkivado, but we've heard your voice. Uh, so we'll note the we'll note your, your, your vote. Yes. Who else is speaking? Honorable Mashangu Dikeledi. Mashangu. Uh, yes. Uh, just note your hand. Uh, any other person who's maybe not in the system, whatever reason. Uh, yes, I'm traveling. I'm traveling here, yes. Uh, so, traveling's name should be should, vote should also be noted. So is in Chabelin, in Kiva, Wells. Otherwise, uh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, the table will now all lower all the hands for the next vote. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, count is completed there. Uh, we'll then move on to the delegates who wish to vote against. Please raise your hands. Those who are voting against. Uh, I don't see any hands voting against. Uh, we'll then move on to those who wish to abstain. 
Those abstaining, please raise your hands. Chair, sorry, you can't, on a point of order, we have to uh, first handle the those against and count them and then those abstain. We can't uh, count we can, them we can, we, can, we can do that, Lamuspach. I hope we're going to do it at the end, but we can do it now. Uh, can the table please indicate how many have voted against? For sort of who have voted in favor? Thank you very much. We have uh, 29 in favor. 29 in favor. Thank you very Ten much. Against. 10 against. Uh, 10 against. And zero abstentions. And zero abstentions. So there, 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 there we are. Chair? Uh, Chair? Yes, On a point of order, can we pass this bill as we don't have a quorum of 30 people? Do we have a quorum? Can we just repeat the people voted for it? Yeah, no, we'll ask Arvind just to give an indication of uh, whether we uh, have the quorum. Uh, otherwise we the have nineteen or twenty-nine for the bowl. Advocate uh, Pinella. Yes. We have twenty-nine, two, nine. Um, mm, zero for abstentions, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we meet the quorum. Honorable, uh, uh, honorable member Labuskar. Thank you very much. Uh, the the bill is therefore agreed to in terms of uh, section seventy five of the constitution. We will now proceed to the third order of the day. Uh, honorable delegates, we shall now proceed to the third order, consideration of uh, compensation for occupational injuries and diseases amendment bill and report of selection select committee on trade industry, economic, economic, economic development, small business development, tourism, employment, and labor thereon. Um, and now call on Honorable Chai, uh, the chairperson of the Select Committee on Trade and Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, uh, Employment, to present the committee report. Honorable Chai. Uh, thank you very much again, uh, Honorable Chepesi. Uh, the Select Committee on Trade and Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, Employment and Labor, having considered the subject of the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill, B21B2020, uh, refer to it. The compensation of occupational injuries and diseases was referred to the committee on 9th uh, September 2020, November, sorry, 2021. Um, the purpose of the bill is that the compensation of 
Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill seeks to amend the Compensation Injuries and Diseases Act of 1993. Yeah, an amendment seeks to extend the coverage for occupational injuries and diseases to previously excluded vulnerable workers, as well as the improvement of compensation benefits to employees. Link to key target of chapter 10 and 11 of the National Development Plan of 2030. Align the act with the requirements of other legislation to remove ambiguities on, this, on some of the provision of the act and also empower the National Economic Development and Labor Council network to nominate persons from whom members of the board may be appointed by the minister to represent the interests of organized businesses, organized labor, and the state, to provide for the term of office of a board member to be limited to two terms, provide for the disqualification from membership of the board, resignation and removal from office, and introduce rehabilitation, reintegration, and return to work in order to address the tendency of some employers to dismiss employees on the basis of occupational injuries or diseases. In terms of the process that the committee follow, the committee invited public comments through advertisement in newspapers and on the radios. The closing date for written submission was the 22nd of January, 2022 and the advertisement was published in all 11 official languages. The committee received submission on the, on the bill from the following stakeholders, Business Unity South Africa, Congress of South African Trade Unions, Injured Workers Action Group, Comsol, and Coitlink. The committee then held public hearings on the 22nd of February, 2022, and receive responses from the Department of Employment and Labor on the 8th March, 2022. And on the submission received on, on the 15th of March, 2022, the committee deliberated on the bill. The committee proposed amendments um, on clause 39, uh, clause 43, and clause 63, as well as uh, clause 64. And the outcome of the committee's consideration of the bill was that five members of the African National Congress and uh, voted in favor, uh, in support of the bill and its clauses, and two members of the Democratic Alliance voted against the clauses of the bill and also the bill itself. Uh, the report was uh, adopted uh, by five members of the African National Congress, one member of the EFF, and uh, the Democratic Alliance voted against uh, the report. Therefore, in conclusion, uh, Honorable Chairperson, the committee recommends the approval of the bill by the NCOP plenary. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Kai. Uh, and I put the question, the question is that the bill is subject to proposed amendments be agreed to. Honorable Chair? Yes, Boshoff? I would like to make a declaration, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's proceed to declaration. 
Uh, again, just to remind members, three minutes per declaration. So we'll start with you, Boshoff. Thank you, Chair. Many of the industry bodies who made oral submissions to both the Select and Portfolio Committee on Employment and Labour raised their concerns about the negative impact these amendments will have on job creation. It was evident in these submissions that they are vehemently being opposed to, as Section 43 of the Amendment Bill will in all likelihood collapse the only elements of this Act that are currently of benefit. Honourable Minister, those that will feel the brunt of these amendments will be the employees, as medical practitioners will now not be able to utilise third parties to assist in the submission of claims and do not have the staff complement all the time to undertake these claims directly. The notion that third parties are only there to derive money is false, as these administrators provide pre-funding to claimants and then claim from the compensation fund. I am of the opinion that the compensation fund does not take likely to be seen as failing the claimants as they are currently doing and therefore need to eliminate these 30 third-party administrators. It would then also appear as if no study has been done to determine the impact the insertion of Section 43 will have on workers living in the most rural of areas. These workers are reliant on third-party administrators to draw up and submit claims on behalf of medical practitioners. This privilege is now being denied to them. It is clear that the insertion of this amendment will only bring about legal challenges which this entity can solely afford. We therefore cannot support this bill. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Boshoff. Any other declaration? Yes, Chairperson, I wish to make a declaration. Please proceed, Honorable Dango. Thank you very much, Chairperson. The purpose of the Compensation of Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill B21B-2020 is to amend the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act 1993 so as to amend, substitute, insert, delete, and repeal certain definitions and sections to provide for matters pertaining to the board and its members to provide the commissioner to perform certain functions that were previously performed by the director general, to further provide for matters pertaining to rehabilitation, reintegration, and return to work for occupationally injured and diseased employees, to regulate the use of health care services to provide for, to the commissioner to review pension claims or awards to provide for administration penalties to regulate compliance and enforcement and to provide for matters connected to their worth. And reflecting specifically on the Coda <coughs> Amendment Bill, Section 6A of the bill provides that the commissioner shall, by notice in the Gazette, prescribe the rules referred to in Section 53 in bracket C, in brackets uh, 3, in bracket C, as well as to the forms to be used and particulars to be furnished in connection with the notice of occupational injuries and diseases. Claims for compensation or any other form or matter which he or may she 
deemed it necessary for the administration of the Act. In effect, Section 6AB of the Act grants the Commissioner the power to publish Gazette notices as he or she deems it necessary within the prescripts of the law. However, the aggrieved persons and the juristic persons in regard to the application of this particular clause are at liberty to review the gazetted notices through the available dispute resolution mechanisms, including the courts. Critical to the passing of this bill is the milestone reached in the amendment by including the domestic employees for the first time in which this subject subsector seeks to benefit retrospectively since 1994. And giving effect to this watershed achievement, the administrative and regulatory framework must still be developed to expedite this implementation. The African National Congress supports the bill in its current form. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. No, thank you very much, Honorable Dango. Uh, we'll now uh, allow 15 seconds to uh, delegate. Uh, uh, sorry, Chairperson, I raised my hand. I don't see it here. It's not here. It doesn't appear. You can see yourself. I did raise I'll allow you to speak here. Please proceed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Chairperson, the EFF welcomes the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill which repeals uh, certain sections of the Act which are unconstitutional uh, and includes, excludes domestic workers from compensation for occupational injuries and diseases. Domestic work has been and continues to be a source of employment for many of our people. The studies show that over a million and a half uh, of the South African workforce is made up of domestic workers uh, the majority of which are women. Domestic workers play an important role in supporting the labor market and are a backbone of the economy in any country around the world. Yet, not enough is done in regulating this industry, which provides essential services to many households by relieving working families of household costs. And in many instances, <coughs> domestic workers work long hours and earn low wages, which are not a reflection of the work that they do. They generally receive poor wages and yet are also vulnerable to sustaining injuries on the job, which with a number of workers being frequently abused by their employers, with live-in domestic workers being particularly vulnerable to such abuse because of being isolated and totally under the control of their employers, often being hospitalized or dying as a result of work-related stress and injuries. The EFF supports the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Amendment Bill and is seeking to protect uh, such workers. We once again note amendment made in an attempt to strengthen the compensation fund. However, more work uh, needs to be taken in this regard as there remains no sign of change. We are nonetheless pleased that a bill will come into effect which will regulate and protect the working conditions of our mothers, sisters, and many black women in this country. Thank you very much, Chairperson.
Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Plenny. Uh, we will now allow 15 seconds to delegates who are outside the virtual platform to join in the house. 15 seconds start now. Uh, thank you very much. We now proceed uh, to the voting on the question. And the question is that the bill subject to proposed amendments be agreed to. So we'll start with those who want to vote in favor. Please raise your hands and keep them there. We'll ask the table to count. And give us the figure. Can the table give us the figure? Shall we advise that we proceed to the next uh, vote against? No, no, no. Let's, let's, let's try and avoid all the controversies. Uh, just give us the figure now. 28, sir. 28. Thank you very much. Uh, can we then uh, proceed to those who want to vote against? Please raise your hands. Those voting against? Albert Pindera, what's the number? Thirteen, sir. Thirteen? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's proceed to those who want to abstain. Those who want to abstain. Any hands? We have zero. We have zero. And zero. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, so there we are. Uh, in favor, 28, against uh, 1, 3, or 13, abstain, 0. Um, uh, so the bill subject to proposed amendments is agreed to, uh, subject to proposed amendment is, is therefore agreed to in terms of section 75 of the Constitution. Thank you very much. We will now proceed to the last order, the fourth order of the day, uh, consideration of the report of Select Committee on, on, on Trade and Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, Employment, and Labor. Uh, 
visual engagement with national, provincial, local, and provincial development agencies on strategies to boost economic growth, attract investments, and boost job creation in the Eastern Cape province and Buffalo City Metropolitan Municipality dated the 7th of December, 2021. And now Colonel Olibrochai, Manda Aikai, Chairperson of the Select Committee on Trade and Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism and Employment, to present the committee report. Honorable Chai. Uh, thank you very much once again, Honorable uh, Chairperson. Um, let me indicate that as a committee, we have decided that we will be uh, inviting the provinces, uh, municipalities, and the state-owned enterprises uh, to give us a report on the economic development and the contribution is, that is made in particular by the state-owned enterprises, the national ones. Uh, we started with the Eastern Cape and we identified Buffalo City Municipality. Uh, that was then followed by Free State and, uh, with the municipality of Mangaung and the state-owned enterprises. The next will be uh, Gauteng. That is uh, just an introduction. Um, the Select Committee on Trade, Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism and Employment and Labor uh, convened a virtual meeting on the 9th November 2021, invited the Departments of Trade, Industry and Competition, DTIC, and the Public Enterprises, DPE, <coughs> Passenger Rail Agency of South Africa, PRASA, Transnet, Eastern Cape Development, Economic Development, Environmental Affairs and Tourism. Uh, we receive an apology from the MEC, uh, Eastern Cape Development Corporation, uh, Buffalo City Metropolitan Municipality, and the Buffalo City Metropolitan Development Agency to discuss their policy and development programs contributing to the economic reconstruction and recovery plan and in their respective jurisdictional areas. In their presentation, all stakeholders acknowledge that the COVID-19 outbreak has had a major effects on both the global and South Africa's economic performance, social and health systems. Small businesses were more likely to be, to be the hardest hit uh, by the lockdown restrictions uh, put in place to manage the spread of the virus. These measures warranted state support to many small, medium, micro enterprises and cooperatives. The government support to some degree prevented the collapse of firms and industries and thus contributing to saving of jobs. Some industries have been able to continue operating during lockdowns, notable online retailers, and as a result, have seen massive increase in sales, whilst businesses based on tourism hospitality have been closed for months. Many jobs in the most affected sectors and industry were lost. Pre-COVID-19, South African economy and the provincial economies have been characterized by low investment and poor economic growth, weak business activity, and restrained consumer sentiments. Energy supply remains an inherent risk to economic growth and development. 
energy supply crisis has the potential to deter investment and have direct effect on productive capacity, which subsequently negates South Africa's employment creation initiatives. Supporters of SMMEs and cooperatives remain a major challenge. According to the Eastern Cape Development Corporation uh, 2021 Corporate Plan, nearly 80% of small, medium, and micro enterprises in the province are survivalist in nature. In light of the constrained fiscal environment, partnership with private sector and development finance institutions, including commercial banks and educational institutions are critical for SMMEs development. There's a need for province to develop and deepen private sector participation in the economy to drive inclusive economic growth. In terms of employment contribution, the automotive, agriculture, and services sector are the main drivers of the provincial economy. However, high unemployment inequality amongst the youth and women remain the major risk areas. The provincial economy boasts manufacturing, manufacturing multinationals such as Volkswagen South Africa, Mercedes-Benz South Africa, Ford, Johnson & Johnson, Nestle, DeFi, and Aspen. In secondary sectors, the economy is dominated by vehicles, nuclear reactors, wool and precious stones, fruits and nuts, and locomotives. In diversifying the economy, government is championing the need to develop domestic capacity by building dynamic firms and local industry capabilities, such as suppliers to domestic, regional, and global value chains. In this regard, government-led industrial master plans will further support efforts to industrialize key sectors of the economy. <laughs> In an effort to enhance economic development, the ECDC has been administering Invaba Cooperatives Fund since 2009 for growth and development of cooperatives and SMMEs. The report indicates that policies and systems of assessing, approving, and dispersing funds to the approval, approved primary and secondary cooperatives have been developed. With regard to Buffalo City Development Agency, the Buffalo City Metropolitan Municipality uh, has reported that it has adopted six mission-directed goals aligned to the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. The mission is to activate automotive consolidation and value chain localizing, retain MBSA built on East London Industrial Development Zone, Supplier Park, establish automotive incubator, shift to auto digital hub lead diversification towards a future fit economy, a digital green agro-economy creative economic industry. I see Chair, that I'm running out of time. Let me rather go straight to the to the recommendations because it's a very long uh, report to try to summarize into seven pages. Uh, With regard to the recommendations, the committee noted that deteriorating logistic network and infrastructure could derail government's ERRP. Hence, it is important to invest in the ports, rail, and energy 
including water and sanitation infrastructure. To this end, the committee recommends that the Minister of Public Enterprises should submit to the committee before the end of 2022-2023 financial year the feasibility study, which is expected to determine whether it is feasible to increase the capacity of East London Port, including initiative to expand the automotive terminal. Two, further, the committee recommends that over the 2022 financial year, the Minister of Transport, the Member of Executive Council responsible for transport, and the BCCM, or BCMM, with the support of national and provincial treasuries, should formulate a plan that should entail financing and funding mechanism to accelerate implementation of the public transport development program in the Buffalo City Metropolitan Municipality. The member of MEC responsible for economic development, environmental affairs, and tourism should engage the provincial treasury to consider funding the Invest SA Eastern Cape one-stop shop to improve its organizational capacity and capability in order to fulfill its policy obligations. Funding should be set aside in 2022 medium term, and funds should be earmarked for boosting investment. The committee recommends that the minister responsible for transport, energy, water, and sanitation, and public enterprises and ICT should develop a collaborative approach with the Eastern Cape Provincial Government and the affected district municipality and produce an integrated plan for investment and development of the eastern side region of the Eastern Cape Province. The plan should be submitted to the committee before the end of 2023-2024 financial year. Five further, the committee recommends that the Buffalo City Metropolitan Municipality and Buffalo City Development Agency should submit to the committee the, it's the plan that will cover all developmental projects within the region. The plan should be submitted by the end of 2021-2022 financial year. Lastly, the committee further recommends that the Select Committee on Public Enterprises and Communication and the Select Committee on Security and Justice should convene a joint meeting inviting the Minister of Police, Justice and Correctional Services to address this, the low pace of finalizing the investigation and prosecution of alleged acts of corruption and maladministration relating to the SOCs. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Well, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chai. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Honorable Delegates. And now put the question. The question is that the report be adopted. But before we go to, to voting, I shall allow provinces the opportunity to make a determination of vote in terms of Rule 86, if they so wish. Anyone wishing to make a declaration? None. Uh, we shall therefore proceed to voting on the question. And the question is that the report be adopted. Uh, and at this point, I'll call upon provinces to cast their votes. When, call, when called upon, heads of delegation must indicate whether they vote in favor, against, or abstain. We'll do so in alphabetical order, starting with the Eastern Cape. Eastern Cape? Eastern KPA Casa report, Chair. 
Dacă ai avut un report, free state? Free state, suppose the report, honorable chairperson. Free state, suppose the report, Kauteng? Kauteng in support. Kauteng in support, Guazulu Natal. Ecuador is a strong report. Guazulu Natal is a Limpopo. Limpopo supports the Limpopo supports Mpumalanga. Mpumalanga supports. Mpumalanga supports Northern Cape. Northern Cape supports Honorable Chairperson. Northern Cape supports Northwest. Northwest. Honorable Todovo and your team. Yeah, no. problem in the West. Northwest. Can we hear Northwest? There seems to be a problem there. Western Cape. Northwest support. Northwest support. I have a problem here. There's a problem there in Northwest. Western Cape. Western Cape supports. Western Cape supports. Thank you very much. The voting is now closed. Uh, all nine provinces voted in favor. This is nonsense all the time. I therefore declare a report adopted in accordance with Section 65 of the Constitution. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable members and delegates, that concludes the business of the day. And I wish I wish to take this opportunity uh, to thank the MECs and all special delegates for availing themselves. The house is now adjourned. Thank you very much. Long live the chair. Thank you.